Hey gang, what's going on? This is episode 164 of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Listen, I am so glad you're here. It means so much to me. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, if you're getting value out of this or if you enjoy this episode, make sure you share it out with those that you believe will get benefit. The the mission of the DPB, my mission, your mission for being here is to enrich and empower those that work in our automotive industry to reach higher, think bigger, live happier, and to just live life on your terms. Every week, I feature a a conversation with a subject matter leader, could be a business titan, could be a dealer practitioner, whoever it is, the whole purpose of this show is to give you practical ideas, tips, tricks, strategies that are going to help you do what you got to do. Now, today, breaking from that mold, uh, I thought I'd share a bit of an inspirational story. It's it's one that I think about often. I love it. Um, it's so compelling. It's so inspiring. It's motivating. It, there's so many parallels that you can draw that are directly applicable to your life. And so I thought I would share it with you today, as well as just some of the, the practicality of it, um, especially for those of you who feel like you're in a rut or feel like, man, I, I'm maybe not living up to my potential and I'm, I'm overwhelmed and I'm anxious and I'm, I've got all these different things. So make sure you stay tuned for this story and, and listen all the way through to the end. Now, before we d- jump in, <laughs> before we dump in, man, I would love if you follow me on social because I'm playing around on Instagram. If that's your thing, at dealer underscore playbook, that's the official one. If YouTube's your thing, I think a little birdie told me you better go over there and start subscribing so that uh, you don't miss out what we're going to do there. But of course, you know, if LinkedIn's your thing, hey, I'd love to connect with you there. All you got to do is search my name, Michael Cirillo. And that's that. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, wherever you're listening right now, make sure you go ahead and do that. And of course, make sure notifications are turned on so that you don't miss an episode. Now, without further ado, this is episode 164. Here we go. In the summer of 1968, the Olympic Games were in full swing in Mexico City. As usual, crowds from around the world gathered to support their country's elite athletes. Those athletes trained for years to compete, each with the hope of stepping up onto that podium to graciously receive their medal. But I'm actually not going to share the story of those who won that year. Those stories are abundant. I'm actually going to share the story of one who lost in the most noticeable way. I want to talk about the marathon runner from Tanzania. John Stephen Aquari. As I'm sure all athletes did in preparation for the Olympic Games, John prepared for months, probably years, to compete at the Olympic level. He was coached, he practiced, he ran, and then he ran some more. For all intents and purposes, he checked all of the boxes to ensure that he was ready for the Olympics and even more ready to take his place on that podium to proudly wave the Tanzanian flag. It wouldn't be easy, however. The day of the race arrived, and away the runners went. He was stacked up against 56 other marathon runners, each with the same mindset to win. There was an unforeseen obstacle in John's way, though. The altitude of Tanzania, where he was coached, where he practiced, where he ran and ran some more, is vastly different than that of Mexico City. While competing in the marathon, John began to cramp up due to the high altitude. During a jockeying for position amongst his fellow competitors, John was hit 
and fell to the ground, severely injuring and dislocating his knee Ouch! and taking a harsh impact to his shoulder. With 23 kilometers left in the race, John had a decision to make. In an agony, would he surrender to defeat or would he finish what he started? A voice from within John urged him to carry on. Picking himself up, John stumbled along, continuing the marathon like his life depended on it. Now, after the sun had set, and after the medal ceremony, and after most of the crowds had gone home, in fact, just a few thousand left in the arena itself, John finally crossed the finish line. In fact, a camera crew was sent out to document the final phase of John's race after receiving word that there was still a runner out there that was about to finish. As expected, of course, John came in dead last with the finish time trailing the winner by over an hour. John lost, but he also won. You see, rather than providing every excuse in the book and blaming this ferocious defeat on his seemingly unfair disadvantage, John made the history books for another reason. When asked why he continued the race, John replied, My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. Okay, so there's so many reasons why I love this story, but you know, perhaps the reason I love it most is because it is a testament of the true human spirit. It's a testament of what we're capable of when we want something bad enough and when we have a purpose. I'm sure if I googled it, I could probably find out who actually won the marathon in 1968. But if you ask me, the real winner is John Stephen Aquari, despite his ferocious defeat. Because his story is one of perseverance despite extremely difficult circumstances. Now, think of your circumstances right now. Does it feel like you're running a marathon in which, while your competitors were jockeying for position, you were hit to the ground, you were injured? Do you feel like, despite the training and the practice and your anticipated first place win, that there always tend to be unforeseen circumstances that bring you down to the ground in agony? Maybe that agony is caused by the perceived success of others that has you spinning in circles, or maybe it's what you see others, you know, doing on social media, right? Maybe you hate your job because you think you're just not good enough for it, or you're just not passionate about the auto business. Maybe it's the unrealistic expectations of your leaders or the OEM or whoever. Maybe, it, maybe it's just all in your head. So if you're at a point where you're just not sure if you should concede to defeat or carry on, and if that inner voice is not yet urging you to push through and move forward, I hope my voice can take its place. Keep going. You've got this. You may not make the podium. You may show up late to the party, but your legacy can make the history books for those who know you and for the positive impact you can have in their lives as well as your own. You are more powerful than you're giving yourself credit for. Hey, remember that. Your ability to rise up and achieve what you've set out to accomplish is what really matters. I love this quote by Confucius. Our glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. One of the reasons I do this podcast, one of the reasons it's called The Dealer Playbook is because of how deeply I believe having a playbook is necessary, okay? There's so many things getting thrown at us day in and day out. We're busy. 
There's expectations, there's duties, there's obligations, many of which have striking power sufficient to deter us from our path, to just tear us down to the ground and make us feel like we just can't carry on. But what would happen if you accounted for those things? So this is where we get to explore John's story from the other side of the fence, maybe the less emotional, more logical side of the fence. Because I often wonder how things would have differed for John Aquari if, in his playbook, he had accounted for the altitude and pressure differences between Tanzania and Mexico City. Would he have gotten those cramps? Would it have slowed him down? Would that have put him into the pack and caused you know his competitors to knock him down? You see, I think had they done so, perhaps they would have raised funds to send John and his coach to Mexico a month or two early so that he could train in that climate and get used to it. Well, you know, John's story is just one that keeps giving because there's another quote that I love, which I heard from a gentleman named John, by the way. Uh, Yes, his last name is actually, by the way. He said, wise people learn from experience. Super wise people learn from others' experiences. And the same goes for each of us. Whatever's happening in your life right now, within reason, of course, okay, in many instances is happening due to the compounding ripple effect of past choices you've made. Each cause and effect over the years has built up until voila, you're experiencing the outcomes you've created, most of which happened without forethought. Um, in today's Immediate gratification society, we're plagued by just jumping into whatever we do without much planning or preparation. We have all these ambitions and goals, many of which are falsely rooted in what we see others doing. And so, again, from the flip side of the fence, right, I think there may be some unnecessary falling. Falling that may not have happened if those individuals had a playbook that accounted for such obstacles along their journey. If they, instead of moving forward without forethought would learn a lesson from the wise so that they could become super wise by applying the experiences of others to their own life and in the right context so that they can achieve the outcomes that they actually want. So I have a playbook and it's literally just a notebook that I purchased from a dollar store. In it, I clearly define outcomes that I want to achieve spanning, you know, like I said, my spirituality, my family, my career, community, uh, so on and so forth. But just as important, I plan not just the moves I will need to make to get me to those outcomes. I also take ample time to plan the potential obstacles that may get in the way, including how I will overcome them. Okay. So kind of a three part thing. Where do I want to go? Basically, where's my destination? What's the route I'm going to take to get to that destination? What are the potential obstacles that will keep me from getting to that destination? And how will I act or how will I overcome them when encountered? This process is pretty raw and it's pretty organic. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not a one sitting type of a thing. Usually, you know, as I'm working, as I'm sitting at my desk and I'm pounding something out, an idea will come to me that relates to one of my outcomes or one of my destinations. And I will think about an obstacle and I'll make a note of those things in my playbook in the Michael Cirillo playbook, but you should have the insert your name here playbook. You know, every time a new potential obstacle will come to mind, write it down, consider ways that you'll overcome it. I research like a lot, like to epic proportions, to wife rolling eyes proportions. I learn, I adapt, I evolve. 
new obstacle means new research, means new strategy, means new method of overcoming. Okay. Am I perfect at this? Heck no. Am I immune to the feelings of inadequacy, doubt, and fear that can accompany some of the crazy, zany ideas that I have, uh, the things that I discover and plan for? Yeah, no. I'm not immune. Okay. Am I immune to the anxiety that accompanies ideas that are so crazy they'd force me out of my comfort zone? Think again. But accounting for it, accounting for all of these things in my playbook makes a huge difference for me. Deciding how I will act beforehand makes the whole execution part a heck of a lot easier. Like, hey, Cirillo, this is probably going to make you uncomfortable and that's going to make you anxious, but here are the steps you're going to follow to overcome that. Even though looking at John again, John Stephen Aquari, looking at him again, maybe his playbook didn't account for different altitude, right? But we know from his failure response that he had accounted for getting knocked down and the feelings of defeat and the emotional roller coaster of losing and having to face his country folk with what could have been very, very embarrassing. But what kept John moving forward is that he knew his purpose. He knew where he wanted to end up. He knew what he was there to do. And you got to think, right? Without purpose, everything will always feel like it's happening to you, not because of you. So the whole point of this podcast is to enrich and empower you to think bigger, live happier, and enjoy your time in the automotive industry. The automotive industry, I think, is an exceptional vehicle for helping you achieve a lifestyle that you both want and are working hard to deserve. See, I want you to succeed. So whatever that means to you, whatever your definition of success is, I would love you to achieve that. I believe you have what it takes and with the right tools and resources, you can make incredible things happen for yourself, your family, your community, and whoever else on this beautiful planet you want to have a positive impact on. So if you haven't created your playbook yet, why not start like today? On your lunch break, if you're listening to this at work, uh, uh, you know, on your way into the into the dealership or into the office, on your way home, stop over at Dollar Tree, <laughs> stop over at your Dollarama, wherever wherever it is, stop in, get a notebook, write, pl- you know, your name and playbook. So Michael Cirillo playbook or whatever, right? If you're feeling like a failure, and if you're feeling like failure is final, I promise you, it's not. If you're struggling to figure out how to take things to the next level in your career so that you can provide a better lifestyle for your loved ones, and that just overwhelms you, I can promise you this. You have what it takes to succeed. Create a playbook, keep it open, and dominate.